0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Real and True podcast. I'm your host, Edmund Mitchell.
1: And I'm your host, Emily Mentok.
0: And this podcast is for us to discuss the unit of videos in more detail, to dive deeper into the content, and to share a bit of the behind the scenes of the mission and vision of Real and True.
1: And we're really excited. This is our first podcast for our first themed unit. So uh, in the up to this point, we our project has been going through pillar one of the catechism, sort of section mm-hmm. by section and really breaking that open for our audience. But we decided to kind of take a pause in anticipation of the Eucharistic revival that's coming up here uh, in the church to, think of, to look at what does the catechism say about the Eucharist, about uh, the real presence, about adoration, all those things. And we're excited to uh, be talking a little bit more about the behind the scenes on that with you today.
0: Yeah, this is a special unit, and the Eucharistic Revival um, was planned by the USCCB, and it's going to be launching June 19th of 2022, so in uh, preparation for that, we put together this unit. Um, Emily, do you want you or I to go over kind of the overview of the month content?
1: Yeah, I can go over that. So we'll still follow the same structure. We've still follow the same structure of a unit uh, for this section, even though we're going a little out of order for it, the catechism. And so the proclamation video is, uh, well, I guess first the thesis is that the Eucharist is sacrifice and communion. And this really pulls Mm -hmm. from the document that was put together by the US bishops about okay, how do we, what do we need to understand about the Eucharist so that then, you know, more people can come to believe in the, in the real presence in the revival. Um, And so to introduce that concept, we're exploring in the proclamation video, what does sacrifice really mean? When we Mm. say that, like, what does that really mean? I think we sometimes have more shallow versions of sacrifice in our lives, but real sacrifice. The explanation video is the Eucharist as sacrifice and communion. So these are these two pieces of the Eucharist um, in Mass, in the sacrament, that we uh, can look at both the sacrifice piece and the communion piece. And then finally, in the connection video, we're calling it How Silent Can Change Your Life, but really taking a deep dive on Eucharistic Adoration as a practice.
0: Yeah, this is um, really an awesome movement of the bishops. They're calling for a three-year grassroots revival of devotion and belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And this uh, comes from a Pew research study that showed that one third of US Catholics believe the church's teaching on the Eucharist uh, as truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And this revival is going to have these tiers of parish, diocese, and nationwide. And it's really trying to encourage the whole church and even the world to to um, come to understand and be aware, but also to dive deeper into the belief of the true presence in that document you mentioned, Emily, um, the Eucharist in the life of the church is the, the kind of pillar document for this movement, and we use that to influence the, the unit themes.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I really love about the revival that I think aligns with something that we want to do, you know, through this project is that uh, the bishop said, we want to start start a fire, not a program. This isn't love just that. meant to be sort of a catechetical program or curriculum that we're rolling out in parishes and schools or anything like that. They really um, have a mission to renew the church by kindling a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. And mm. I think that aligns so well with the, how we're approaching the catechism as well, where it's not just about getting people to learn things or know things or even believe things. It's really how do we help people have a relationship with Jesus, like the real person, um, us through exploring the catechism and then for the revival through the Holy Eucharist.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so important for people to know that intellectual ascent, you know, intellectually believing in something is good, but it's not the the end all be all. Um, I love in Acts chapter two, Peter gives this great homily and then everyone says, now what must we do? Um, They were cut to the heart and then they say, what must we do now? How does this apply to my life? And the same with the Eucharist, we sometimes forget, like, what does that mean for our life? And the two big themes of the Eucharistic Revival document are the gift of the Eucharist and then our response, what we're supposed to do. So maybe we could... um move into the proclamation video. So we, we this was really interesting because, um, maybe you wanna just share a little bit about how we came to the idea yeah. of this proclamation video.
1: So we wanted to we really break open the theme of sacrifice because, you know, I mean, in, in a lot of my life, I thought sacrifice is like, you know, giving something up to gain something, um, but it wasn't necessarily for a, a greater good. And what really the concept of sacrifice, you know, comes from is like really going, like, and in a way that can help us understand what Jesus's sacrifice is like for the Eucharist is to really look at, okay, what is sort of a sacrifice of a, of a almost incomprehensible, like yeah. greater good. And it's so a we, religious,
0: it's a religious term. Like we yeah. think often, we use it as a secular, like, oh, I'm going to do CrossFit. That that requires sacrifice. I'm going right. to be in the military. Or I want to lose requires...
1: weight, so I'm going to give up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For me, it was like my sister, my younger sister always got what she wanted. My dad would just be like, make a sacrifice, you know? But it's a religious It comes from a religious term. Like it, it right. comes from a word me- meaning a religious act. It's a deeply religious act. And that's why when we say the Eucharist is a sacrifice, it's not just someone gave something up, it's a deeply spiritual spiritual act that has importance
1: right which is why it was kind of hard to find it like that hook story so we ended up settling on the story of um saint maximilian colby because the that story of him just voluntarily giving up his life to save another was like the closest Mm. thing we could lay as like still a human foundation for the concept of jesus's sacrifice we even had found someone who Had given up their kidney. Oh yes, that's right. To like to to for the sake of like helping another person. But we even felt like okay, we don't want there to even be any confusion about that person having something in gain about feeling good about themselves, and not saying that they did. But like we needed to keep it as like how do we lay the foundation for our audience of like a true sacrifice of Jesus as closely as possible to like break open their minds away from doing doing sacrifice for your own gain in any way.
0: Yeah, that it's something more than just the act, like it's, right. there's there's this spiritual dimension to it, and definitely with St. Maximilian Colby, I think during his canonization, um, when the Pope was talking about him, he said the sacrifice was like that of Jesus on the cross, like that sacrifice was um, in a similar vein of the way Jesus offered himself um, for others.
1: Right, and the, so the document from the bishops for the revival really stresses the Eucharist as a sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. It says that, you know, as a memorial, the Eucharist is not another sacrifice, but really the, the re representation yeah the representation of not representation ref- but representation, not representation. yeah Re- like re-transforming uh yeah. <laughs> of the sacrifice of christ by which we are reconciled to the father so it's like mm-hmm. that's how much of the that the impact of that sacrifice we're not just representing what happened we're representing the actual sacrifice of jesus like through the eucharist now
0: yeah if you think about it like if you're standing there watching Uh, this man get picked, if you were there at the concentration camp, you watch this man get picked and then you see St. Maximilian Colby, you know, offer himself up and then let's say you walk to the cell and you're watching him, you know, basically starve to death. Um, You're kind of participating in it, but and the mass, the sacrifice itself is represented in such a way that we get to spiritually like actually participate in the sacrifice. We get to bring our own prayers. We get to bring our own offerings of our worship. We get to participate in that sacrifice. Pope Benedict Sixteenth, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict said, through that, it's not we just statically receive the Jesus, we enter into the dynamic of self-giving. So we're part of this dynamic. We enter into the actual sacrifice. We can bring our sacrifices, we can receive his sacrifice, and we enter into this dynamic of Jesus offering himself to the Father for us.
1: Yeah, I love that, that, that uh, in the paragraph and from the revival document that emphasizes that it's that Jesus did this for like that, that Jesus did this for the salvation of humanity. It's present in there, like that sacrifice mm-hmm. is present in the celebration of the Eucharist every time. And so us yeah. being there and and attending mass and participating in that sacrament there, it's like being Present and participating in the sacrifice that Jesus made.
0: Yeah, like imagine that, like but like you think like what would it be like if you were there when Jesus said, I will offer myself on your behalf. And we get to do that. We literally right. get to be it's represented to us, the same sacrifice, not many sacrifices. The priest doesn't re-sacrifice Jesus every mass. We're we're represented, we're made present again to that one sacrifice.
1: Definitely. And there's so many great quotes from this document too. So let's take some time to uh, maybe share a few that stood out to us.
0: Yeah. Instead of our stand, our normal standout catechism paragraph, we're going to do a special, special segment here, the standout paragraph from the document. Uh, who should go first? You want to go? Sure. I'll do mine. So mine again is a, it's a, kind of unfair because it's a quote by Pope um, Benedict XVI that's in the document, but it says the love that we celebrate in the sacrament is not something we can keep to ourselves. By its very nature, it demands to be shared with all. And I love this because again, we think that, oh, a third of all Catholics don't believe in the true presence of the Eucharist and that's it. We just need people to just believe it. But it's the effect, the impact on our lives if we were to believe it. If we were to believe it, it would it would cause us to go out and tell people about it. Um, I also love in the Catechism, hopefully we get to this in later units when we actually cover the, the Eucharist um, again, it says that one of the effects of the Eucharist is that it unites us closer to the poor, that it, it draws us into service of the poor. And people don't often, I didn't think about that till I read that in the Catechism. And I think that's the, that's the effect of the Eucharist should have on us, is that it's not just something for ourselves, but it's something by its very nature demands to be shared. You share this bread of life with others.
1: Yeah, that leads so well into um, my standout paragraph, um, which comes from number 25 in the document, which says the sacrament of the Eucharist is called Holy Communion precisely because it places us in intimate communion with the sacrifice of Christ, which we just talked about, but mm-hmm. also an in inti- intimate communion, like with him, through him, and then with each other as well. And think about it, like we don't call Eucharist just eucharist we call it like your first holy communion because it's through yeah. the sacrament that you are placed into that intimate union with others as well and um the the document has this great quote of that it's the uh efficacious sign and sublime cause of that communion in the divine life and that unity of the people of god by which the church is kept in being and i'm just like okay that shows we've always the i think one of the probably most memorized catechism quotes is like the eucharist is a source and summit of the christian mm-hmm. life or whatever which is great super important i don't want to downplay that at all but i love that this kind of like emphasizes that even more of like why is it because of one the ultimate sacrifice of christ but also in how it puts us in communion with others
0: yeah i love that uh i don't know when exactly people are going to be hearing this but last Sunday, I know Edmundo's nephew received First Communion, two of my sons received First Communion, or Edmundo's godson received First Communion, and um, one of my sons who's been going through the preparation process, we were talking about, for some reason, we were talking about something, and I said, oh, it's a symbol or a sign. And, and my son Noah, he said, Oh, a symbol is something that mean you see it, but it means something else really, really important and really, really deep. And I love that. It's like, like the sacraments are these signs, But more than just a stop sign, it actually represents that communion in the divine life because it is communion in the divine life.
1: And it's like the sign sign and the cause. It's like both. It's like the sign of the church and the cause of the church both. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about communion because one of my favorite Frank Sheed images that we got to put into the video. Um, But let's give a shout out. To
1: <laughs> Qu- Quanad we... Jeffries. Quana? Wow,
0: you is that you pronounce it extremely well? Like you know how my to pronounce most it. Most
1: confident guess. Uh, so, Mr. Jeffries, if we were Mr. Incorrect, um, please, we apologize. Please do correct us. And he commented on your last uh, connection video from the last unit. Um, great video and great series in general. I've already used two, and we'll be using this one soon. So another connection video. And uh, just wanted to give him a shout out. Thank him for using um, these videos in his sort of capacity as a catechist. And just a reminder that we would love to hear if you're a catechist who's listening to this podcast, who's watched the videos and you're using them with whoever you're you know, catechizing, whether it's friends, whether it's an RCIA class, your parish small group, we would love to, to know about that and get feedback for how to continue to uh, make these videos better for, for who you're serving.
0: Yeah, and we'll give you a little shout out. Yeah. So that leads, so with the proclamation video, we tried to set up this idea of sacrifice. We tried to reorient or, or, I guess, reposition the idea of sacrifice in people's minds so that we could then go into the explanation video and talk about the Eucharist as communion and sacrifice, which you already started touching on.
1: Yeah, so the explanation video starts out with the analogy of a good meal has death and community. Every meal, you know, even if you're eating like a raw vegan meal still has the death, like something had to die for you to eat it. You have to kill all Uh, those carrots. Gotta kill the carrots, you know, could chomp them into bits. And then, uh and, and that's like the sacrifice, the sacrifice of the food to eat, right? Something had to be offered up for that. And then also the community side of it. Uh, I think that there's something really human and like biological, sociological, but also, of course, like how God made us that, you know, we're, we, meals have been, are very communal, right? You mm-hmm. share your food. I can't think of any memorable meal of my life that I've had like just by myself. Whereas mm-hmm. like the, it, it it felt it would have felt probably like that's a good point an, in complete experience one time i read somewhere um <laughs> Shout out to all like the millennials who posted a million photos of their food on Instagram, (laughs) that that the reason why we are so compelled to do that is because just like instinctually, when we have like food, we wanna share it with others. So even if I'm just making a salad at home alone, like the reason I wanna share it like on Instagram or something is because of the instinct to want to share my food with others.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love uh, that the idea, well, I mean, not that I heard this, but it's true that the altar at Mass is both an altar of sacrifice and a table for a banquet. It's like both at the same time. You know, it's a table for a banquet, but it's also an altar for a sacrifice. And the same with really good meals, right? That you sacrifice, you know, I mean, we don't anymore literally walk outside and sacrifice a cow, but there is some sacrifice that goes into it. And then there's this community of the, the banquet and the Eucharist is both of those things together. And it brings the family of God, the church, together into communion, co-union with Jesus Christ. Um, one of my favorite images that we were able to kind of work into this uh, comes from Frank Sheed talking in um, Theology for Beginners, I believe, um, or Theology and Sanity, where he says, imagine the cells in your body. They have life in them and they share life. You are not your cells, but your cells kind of share your life. And because they have life in them, you're sharing together. And so the same with the Eucharist. We have the Eucharist in us and it's sharing Life. The cells make up the entire body, just as we make up the body of Christ. And I just love that image of all these cells, all these people working together and unified in Christ, because Christ's life is in us.
1: Yeah, I think that this video probably has some of the strongest imagery oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. any of the videos that we've done so far. And I think it, that's a combination of a lot of things. But um, and one, but one of the pieces was like we really wanted to, you know, v- one with the script but also like visually drive home that like the Eucharist is not this like bread symbol. The yeah. like Holy Mass is not this like ritual reflection of what really happened. Mm-hmm. It is this like, y- you know, union communion with like what really took place. And so you see it just like that imagery come through yeah. in the video. There's this cool moment where like you see, like we see Jesus on the cross and then the host comes behind and, like the cross of like jesus and then like the cross that you see in most of like the hosts when you go yeah, to mass like yeah. is there but in this really beautiful way and i just want to give a shout out to our animation team for the incredible work they did to uh kind of take the the visuals to drive home the point that it, even in like visuals you think oh okay it's just art it's just an animation of this like it's even more of a symbol of a symbol, but this is the opposite of that. Like, I think the visuals really drive home that the Eucharist is not a symbol and you see the real presence of Jesus in the way that it's like, the Eucharist is animated in the video.
0: Yeah, you and you did a great job creative directing. One of my favorite images that is stuck in my head, has been stuck in my head for, for a while, is where you have the painting of the lamb standing as if slain in heaven from Revelation, then you're kind of looking through a doorway. So then you also see in front of it, uh, priest holding up the Eucharistic Mass and then you also see through a doorway from the Passover the blood the blood around the doorposts of the Passover lamb so you yeah. see the lamb in heaven the lamb in the Old Testament and in the middle of the mass I mean it's just such a cool this is where it's so great this the uh, this project that we're doing this mission that these visual elements really add a moment that that can stick in your head you know right. maybe for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, I think that they, the team did an amazing job bringing that to life in a way that, like, it doesn't just look like an artistic representation, but I think really is 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 using the medium of today, right? This animated video that's going to go out on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all those things to communicate a truth to the world. So yeah. really excited about it. If you, if you haven't watched the explanation video from this unit, just so strongly recommend it. Yeah, it's a good one. And then finally, the connection video, which took a different sort of uh, focus of the um, bishop's document for the National Eucharistic Revival to focus on, in particular, on adoration. And so you start by introducing how important how rare is silence these days and how important it is
0: yeah the revival really wants to increase a, a love and a practice of eucharistic adoration and again this comes into what does this mean for my life right if we really believe in the true presence that means you really can sit in the same room with jesus and so they're trying to promote eucharistic adoration especially for people who might not have ever heard of it so the idea was to make a video that started with maybe a felt need that we all have. Like, there, you know, social media and, and noise and all these things in our life, like media, it's great, but sometimes it can be a lot. And there are uh, fewer and fewer moments or opportunities to really sit in silence. And silence can be a place or is a place where God really speaks to us. Uh, And then when you add on that sitting in silence in the presence of the Eucharist, it's really powerful. So we tried to put a positive spin on that without making it too negative about social media, but saying that, you know, this silence is, is a wonderful place. And so Eucharistic adoration is a great place to experience that silence in a really profound way.
1: Yeah, we're we're going for the both and here. Just talk about how cool it is. This video is going to be out on all the social platforms, but obviously we can't just find God by watching videos. We need yeah. to go sit in silence. And I think that adoration in particular is so is such a cool practice because. Um, It's it's even different than like the the mass, which, you know, even when you're when you want to believe it can feel like the ritual and the obligation like it can it can have that tendency if you're not, you know, kind of like depending on just where you are in your spiritual life. But adoration is just like it's free and it's personal like I feel like adoration is such a perfect expression of like of a previous unit's thesis, that yeah. faith is a free and personal response to God. And then mm. in adoration, you can go and sit and like express that free and personal response to God, just you and Jesus right there.
0: Yeah, if the I mean, the catechism says the Eucharist is the source and summit. And so we go to mass and receiving the Eucharist and then being sent out with the Eucharist is the source and summit. It's what all the sacraments are. It's what the sacraments of initiation, baptism and confirmation are leading to the Eucharist, this, the final sacrament of initiation, right? Uh, depending on which order you receive them in. It's leading to that, but the mass, and I I love that we got this into the video and I've heard other people say this, I think it's worth repeating. The mass presumes, it supposes that you already have a deep, intimate, personal faith and relationship with God. So when we come together and worship, we're able to all worship we, we all have a personal relationship with Jesus, but then together we're all worshiping with him. Well, it presumes that. So, a great way to even enter into Mass even more fully is to sit with that Eucharist, to sit with Jesus outside of Mass and kind of put, put a pause on that moment when the priest lifts up the host and says, you know, the body and blood of Christ. We're able to sit in Mass and foster and nurture that personal relationship with Jesus and develop a hunger for him. So, when we go to Mass, it's a it's a deeper experience,
1: right. and I think that um, in mass we experience this cool analogy that you bring in the second half of the video about the hand, the head, and the heart and like how like in mass or in in our prayer, like how do we you know kind of need to unify those things to have a right relationship with God? Can you talk about that? Yeah,
0: so this comes from uh, I have a, a Catholic counselor uh, Dave that I've been um, talking to for years. And he brings this up a lot, but it's also theologically accurate and it's in the catechism. The catechism talks about the heart, talks about our intellect and our will. And so we have hand is the idea that we we make actions, like our will, we, we act, we serve others, we do things. With our head, we think things, we comprehend or apprehend things. Um, you know, you have your thoughts racing or you're thinking about stuff, you're studying or whatever. And then your heart, right? The catechism says, um, in the fourth pillar on prayer, the heart is the innermost dwelling where I live and move and have my being. In the Bible, it talks about how it's deeper than even my my um, emotional desires or or conscious desires. It's that that place where where I am. So that can even be troubled by the way our life is going. And so in adoration, we're able to give those three things something to do and then something to rest in. Right. So we're able to we're able to worship God with our hand, head, and heart. But then we're also able to like kind of give them a give them a rest and listen for God's voice. And that's one of the things I love about Eucharistic adoration is just take a pause and a rest um, for your hand, head, and heart.
1: Definitely. And I think the the video gives great tips at the end uh, for how to do that too. So if you have, you know, an audience, there is a friend who maybe has been thinking about, you know, wanting to try adoration uh, this video will kind of in a really approachable way, lay out the need for it, explain what it is and why it's important and then end with some practical tips for how to try a sort of an adoration practice if you have never done it before, which I thought was really great. Yeah so that was our themed unit uh, based on the national Eucharistic revival and you know we felt that it really aligned with this project because you know even though uh currently we're kind of going through the catechism in the order of the first pillar so far but the catechism is is meant to sort of cross over weave over you pull it pulls even from itself right it's yeah. it's not just this thing where you your each paragraph is standalone it one thing we were able to do with this unit and why we hope to do more sort of themed or special units in the future is pull pieces from every different pillar of the catechism into one unit or into one big theme that, uh, that is a priority for our faith. And so here in the U S church, uh, the, the U S conference of Catholic bishops is launching this Eucharistic revival in June on the feast of Corpus Christi. But I mean, the Eucharist is important for all of us around the world too.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and I'm really excited for this. I'm excited for the way, hopefully that the church really embraces this. And I'm really, um, just excited that we got to, in a small way, uh, participate and support it and promote this by, by making content like this. It was really, really exciting.
1: Definitely. And fitting with our structure. So hopefully um, our audience is familiar with it. there will still be um, each of these videos. There's a discussion guide still available online. If you haven't found our discussion guides yet, definitely go um, and check that out. And we would love your feedback of how you might use uh, either this unit as part of how your diocese or parish is embracing the Eucharistic revival or the other videos uh, to help just unlock the catechism for the modern world.
0: Yeah, at Real and True, we believe the catechism is the faithful echo of a God who desires to reveal himself to us, and we're retransforming that into a living voice that people can hear. So thank you so much for joining us on this mission, and we hope to hear from people in the comments, hear even more, and give you guys shout-outs. And again, you can subscribe on YouTube and the podcast apps, or you can go to realtrue.org and join our email list.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: All right, see you next time.